to the place where Jesus lay. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us until the song teach me lord to wait so teach me lord to wait down on my knees till in your own good time you answer my plea 
And as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after So as we go before the Lord with these requests, just hold those on your heart. Uh, if you could just remember uh, Brother Brian, my uncle, um, he is currently driving in Pennsylvania but has uh, fallen sick. 
I'm not exactly sure what's going on, so but uh, he's just asking for prayer. So if you just uh, would remember him. Also, uh, my grandmother, Sister Shirley, is uh, not with us as well. She's at home, uh, just not feeling well. Just keep her in your prayers. And also, um, I have here that uh, Sister Chanel had a request that uh, cousin uh, was in a car accident today um, and is currently in surgery for a broken foot, um, his name being Arthur. So if we could just remember him. And uh, also, just uh, an unspoken prayer request for myself. Uh, if you could just remember me in prayer. And uh, just any unspoken prayer requests, uh, just lift your hands. And if I could have uh, Brother John Carwell come and pray over these prayer requests. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, just count it a privilege to be able to be here this evening, Lord. So many things going on. Lord, it's just nice to take a quick break and hear from you, Lord, spend some time with you, Lord. We, You know all these prayer requests, you know these people, and you know their needs, Lord. We just put them before you, Lord, and ask you to, to honor those requests, Lord, and touch each and every one. Lord, we thank you for the, this day, Lord, and we also thank you for the word you're about to bring, Lord. We pray you'll anoint the pastor, Lord, anoint our ears to hear. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Uh, well, just uh, take a few moments here and just um, just worship the Lord here before Brother Aaron comes. Let's sing that song, I'd Rather Have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than
Tom, if you would just pray. Amen. And just a quick announcement here uh, regarding the 18th for the Christmas church party. Uh, there will be a gift exchange at the Christmas dinner on the 18th. Please bring a gift under $10 for each person 13 and up. If you need assistance, uh, please let Sister Kristen or Sister Becky know, okay? Blessed assurance, and Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
Father, we come to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we are in the Christmas season. And Father, we take this time to remember you when you came down to this earth and you became a lamp and you lived and you dwelt among us. Father, if there was no Christmas, then there would be no Easter. I want to thank you, O oh God. Lord Jesus Christ, whilst others are worried about getting Christmas gifts and you know, running to different shops to get things, Father, we, 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 we know that it's beyond gifts. It's beyond trees and reindeers and different things. We know that Christmas is the Lamb of God. You came to this earth wrapped in a swaddling cloth and you became literally nothing so that you can redeem me and you can redeem your bride, your brothers and sisters which are here. I thank you, Father, Lamb of God, for I was not worthy. I could not have, I could not even conceive in my mind how you saw me and how you loved me. But I am so thankful, oh God, for dying for a poor wretch like me. Father, and on the basis of Christmas, we want to pray for the different requests that have been spoken and your children that are raising their hands here in church and those that are streaming. Father, we pray that, oh God, because of Christmas, may you give them the desires of their heart. And, oh God, I stand here, Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray, Father, that you may give them, those that are sick, may you provide a healing touch for them. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can have your seats for uh, a little while. Thank you for singing that song with me. I know that we don't usually sing it, and uh, uh, Brother Ben is going <laughs> to, I think afterwards, is going to take me on the side and say, Brother, <laughs> that's not how you sing it. But anyway, I was just, you know, it's, to me, it just, you know, wraps everything about Christmas. You know, that he, Brother Branham's favorite song is, um, I believe, Down from His Glory. He says it's the most outstanding song that, you know, encapsulates everything about our Savior, how that he, you know, he came down and he condescended to become a man. And, you know, it's always condensation that brings redemption. You know, it's like even if we want to, you know, talk to our kids, we need to, you know, come down to their level to understand them, to be able to talk to them. So condensation brings redemption. And Brother Barry is not here tonight. Uh, he texted me yesterday. He had um, to go up north, so we want to remember him as he's traveling. So when Brother Barry Coffee is not around, uh, you won't have coffee. You have sweet tea, you know, because we are in the south. <laughs> you know, uh, so not my favorite, but hey, sometimes you're going to have it. <laughs> So I wish he was here, and I always enjoy, you know, to be sitting and enjoying the, the services. But uh, thank you so much for coming to church. If you want to see people that love the Lord, you come to church on Sunday. But if you want to see people who are going in the rapture, you come to church on Wednesday. <laughs> so God bless you. Um, uh, let's um, open our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 3 verse 32 if you want to stand that, 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 that's alright uh, the Bible says uh, it, you know Luke is talking about the 
the generation or the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So I just took it at the right at the end. And the Bible says, which was the son of Mathusala, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malilio, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of of his word. You may have your seat. Today we want to talk about the abstract title. Uh, For a subtitle, I want to talk about uh, the answer to the Jewish question. And when when we talk about, you know, Jews, um, I want you to know that, uh, you already know by now, that there is church natural, I mean, like, the Jews are God's church in the physical, right? And we are his church in the spiritual. So when we talk about Jews, you look, if, if you're a Gentile, you look at it from the spiritual aspect of it. So um, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the abstract title. So from the scripture that we, we read here, um, the Bible is talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And at the end it says, Adam, which was the son of God. So Luke is taking the time to trace Jesus Christ to Adam and eventually to trace him to God. So the reason why Luke does this is because, you know, he wants to identify Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And I think it's a fundamental question for every believer to be able to trace himself or herself back to God. You know, you can never overcome until you have a true revelation of who you are. You will never be a, a, a Christian, a good Christian, if you don't have you know, a revelation of your identity. Not, not something that somebody told you, but something that is revealed in your heart. If you meet anyone, I mean, if, if they are from America, probably they'll say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm from America, you know. To them, anybody can just claim that they are a Christian. But if it's truly revealed to you, it changes your life. If it's truly revealed to your heart, it makes you want to love Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's like a young man when he finds a young girl. She, she, he loves her. She loves him. And he wants to know everything about her. He wants to talk to her. He wants to spend time with her because there's something that is burning within his heart. That's what it is when, when, when you meet Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ has been revealed to your heart. And you know your identity in Jesus Christ. So what is the abstract title? Let me just skip some, uh, some slides here. And I want to talk about, you know, what is an abstract title? An abstract of title is a written cr- chronology of all recorded documents and proceedings related to a specific piece of real estate. It shows the names of all the owners, how long each held the title, and what each paid for the property. Praise the Lord. So in, 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 in a nutshell, you know, an abstract title, it, t- it gives you a history of a piece of property. So as Christians, we have got claims that we have in the Bible. And there's a reason why we have those claims. And you can never be able to, uh, to claim the promises that you have in the Bible unless you have that abstract to the title. Unless by revelation you are able to tie yourself to the promise. Unless you are able to tell the devil, this is the reason why 
I have to have divine healing. This is the reason why I am claiming my, my promises in, in, in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Because the promises in the Bible, they are for the believer, right? But you only receive them by faith. And the only way you can have faith is being able to go in the Bible and identify yourself in the promises. Like that woman from Tennessee who said, I am the Shunammite woman. Where is my Elijah? She was able to identify herself in the promise. And when she identified herself in the promise and tied herself to the promise, God was obligated to come upon the scene. Praise be to God. And we, we face many problems today, you know, different conditions. But the, the truth of the matter is that God is, is only given us the weapon of the Bible. That's, that's through the Bible, through his word, are we able to win our battles. But it takes the strong hand of faith to be able to hold the sword of the spirit. It takes the strong hand of faith to be able to claim your children to Jesus Christ. It takes the strong hand of faith to be able to claim your parents to the word of God. Praise be to God. Because it's not going to come to you on a silver platter. It has to, it's a fight. Praise the Lord. We are living in a time where in our generation we have lost sincerity in the word of God. We have lost sincerity in the promises of God. Because we are getting used to to having things handed over to us. If only the government can send me a check. If only I can have this delivered to my doorstep. If I can have my food delivered. Everything has to be, you know, convenient, right? But God doesn't work like that. You need to sweat it out. You need to go on your knees. You need to claim it. And you need to wrestle with the promise of God. Hallelujah. But because we have it easy, sometimes we lose sincerity. And sincerity is a, it's an essential greed ingredient for a Christian walk. Remember the Jews, they had seven feasts. The four feasts, they, the first four, they used to have them during you know, the, uh, the, the, the first part of the harvest. And the last three, they would have them in the four season, right? And, part in, and, and, and one of the seven feasts is the feast of unleavened bread. And Brother Branham explains to us, that keeping the feast of unleavened bread is being sincere. Remember when he saw the vision of, of the mamba on the highway in the spoken word called the paradox. The, the Holy Ghost said, for you to bind this mamba, you need to be more sincere. So it takes sincerity to be able to claim certain promises from the Bible. It takes more sincerity for you to be able to overcome certain devils. And I can tell you as, as sure as I'm standing here, if you are struggling, maybe with an addiction, whatever it is, sometimes it takes a little bit more sincerity. Sometimes it takes much, a little bit more than just having your hands laid on. Sometimes you really need to come on the altar and cry out to God until that stubborn spirit is gone. Hallelujah. You, are not just, you don't eat think that some things just... Remember the disciples, they came to Jesus... And they say, this young man has got epilepsy, but we couldn't cast out this demon. And Jesus Christ, what did he say? He says, this kind does not come out easily, but by prayer and supplication. In other words, you need to be more sincere if you want to bind the mamba on the highway. Hallelujah. But that's what we are lacking because we have had it easy. You know, it's like, you know, the old generation, they respect this country, they respect the values of this country. Why? Because they saw World War I. They saw World War II. They know the history. They know where they are coming from. 
But the new generation, because they have never fought any war, they know nothing about fighting, about combat. You know, to them, it means nothing. Hallelujah. So that's how it is sometimes in the promises of God. The Bible says in the book of Judges, after the death of Joshua and the elders, they came another generation which did not know God or his mighty works. And that's what caused the condition of the judges. It's because people were just coming to church, but they had no revelation of who God is. They did not know God. They were going to church, they were Jews, they were circumcised, but they did not know God. Hallelujah. That's why they couldn't attend prayer meetings. That's why they couldn't, you know, just come to sometimes when it's the prayer services. Why? Because, because they were living, you know, they, they, they had it easy. They had it easy. And when, when we have it easy, what does God do? God raises enemies so that his people can cry again back to God. And I don't want to be in that spot. I'd rather be right coming to church, being sincere. I don't want to wait until God does something to get my attention. I want to love him when things are good. I want to love him when things are bad. I want to love Jesus all season long. Hallelujah. You would think that something like COVID would shake people up. You know, I remember I was very young. But anyway, I I was told that during the 9-11, churches filled up. Why? Because people were scared, right? But what happens with people? They easily forget and then they go back. They're like, I know, you know, we, we used to this, you know, we, we'll figure out. And after these two years under COVID, you'd think that people would be more sincere. You'd think that people would be more sober, but, you know, people are becoming worse. Why? It's because it's the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of Laodicea. But tonight, the bride of Jesus Christ, we have another spirit. Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. They were anti-culture. Hallelujah. They were, they were counter-culture. The culture was going this way. Joshua and Caleb were going this way. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what my neighbor says. I care what the Bible says. I stay with the Bible. Hallelujah. So we want to trace our identity to the Bible. Because remember, the Jewish question, that's my subtitle. The Jewish question, it was a debate which was happening in the 19th century. And they were saying, what can we do with these Jews? You know, it was, you know there, was, there were problems all over. And Hitler and Echemen and, you know, the Nazis, they had their proposal, you know about it, the final solution to the, what, to the Jewish question. But that was not the final solution. They wanted to exterminate the Jews because there was a problem. And the solution to the Jewish problem was one, is the abstract to the title. Let's go back to the title deeds. Where do these people belong? They belong in Palestine. That's where their homeland is. That's where their home is. And sometimes we face problems as Christians because we forget where we come from. But when we come to our minds and we remember that we are the bride of Jesus Christ, that we have got the power to pray, we have got the power to call upon God, and he can come upon the scene and change the situation. When we remember who we are, then sometimes God is able to take us from our problems. But many times we forget. Many times we are, t- we are tossed big and from. We can't fit. You try to fit in this. You can't, you can't fit. There is a solution to the Jewish question. Don't wait until the devil gives you his solution. The Nazis will give you their solution. And I can tell you it's not a good solution. Find your identity in the word of God. Trace 
your roots to the Bible. You are not an American. I'm not, not an African. I am a Christian. Hallelujah. I stand by the Bible. If the government today announces something that is contrary to the Bible, I will stay with the Bible. If they bring a law today that is contrary to the Bible, I will stay with the Bible. Because I pledge my allegiance to the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. That is where my identity is. So this was the the, the problem that the Jews had. So look, the scripture that we, we read was talking about Jesus. And he was saying Jesus Christ is the son of Adam and Adam is the son of God. Let's read Acts chapter 8 verse 32 if you want to turn with me. The Bible says, the, pl- the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a, a lamp dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. In the Old Testament, they had a law that if a woman died, and uh, if, if a man died without having a child, the young brother was supposed to take that woman and have a child, right? And the, first, and the child of that woman would be called the, the, the child of the late brother. How many knows that? That was the principle in the Old Testament. And, and, the, and the reason why they did that is because this child that is born, he would bear the name of the dead, of the, of the dead guy so that the generation can continue. That the inheritance may stay with this house. So Jesus Christ, he died, he was taken away. And the Bible says, who shall declare his generation? So Jesus Christ has a generation. And the generation of Jesus Christ is sitting here tonight. The Holy Ghost is the one that declares the generation of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is the one that witnesses Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What did, what did Paul say in the Bible? Paul says, you are the seal of my apostleship. He says, to others, I may not be an apostle. But to you, I am an apostle because you are the seal of my apostleship. In other words, people can say, well, Brother Branham, William Branham was not true. Look at this, look at that. I say, brother, look at me. I am the seal of his apostleship. If you want to know that Elijah came, look at my life. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So we declare the generation of Jesus Christ. We declare that there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. How do you know that there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem? Because once I was a drunkard, but now I'm a Christian. There is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Because once I was addicted to cigarettes, but now I'm a Christian. I am declaring the generation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says, Having made known unto us. How many love Ephesians? I love Ephesians. But the prophet says we are again in another Ephesian. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure. Pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time. Now. This. The, it's one dispensation. And this dispensation is called. The dispensation of the fullness of time. So there's a dispensation when time is going, and then there's a dispensation when the Bible is saying the dispensation of the fullness of time. And this is the time that we are living in, where the mystery of God should be finished. That he might gather together in one all things in Christ. We are gathered where? In Christ. 
Shall we gather in Tucson? No. Shall we gather in Jeffersonville? No. We shall gather where? In Jesus. Brother Branham, shall we gather in Tucson? No. Brother Branham, shall we gather in Jeffersonville? He said, no. That's in COD. You shall gather in Jesus. All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So God receives counsel from his will. God does not take counsel from man. God does not take counsel. He takes counsel from his own will. In other words, he is a sovereign king. By by fact, you can never be a king unless you are sovereign. A a king can only be a king if he is sovereign. So so the Bible is saying that he has... We have obtained an inheritance. So as Christians, as the bride of Jesus Christ, we have an inheritance. Because remember, redemption comes in two parts. There is going out of Egypt, and then there is getting into Canaan. So if you come out of Egypt, that's just one part of it. And you cannot say, well, I've been redeemed. No, you are halfway through. Full redemption is when you get into Canaan. And that's where the battle is. The devil does not care when you leave denomination. The devil does not care when you leave the world. The trouble comes when you want to take the promise, when you want to get get into Canaan, when you want to find your identity, when you want to get your adoption. That's where the devil will fight. That's where you see giants with six fingers. That's where you see, you know, the sons of Anak. Because they don't want you to get the promise. So don't stay, don't, 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 don't just be comfortable by just coming out of Egypt. Because remember, many died at Kadesh, Bania. Go all the way with Jesus Christ. Find yourself in the word. Get the promises of God. Refuse just to be a nobody or just to be somebody who is just, you know, going along. Just go to the church dinner, come back, you know, choir practice. Find your spot in the word. And come to full maturity in the word of God. If you are a young man, be a real young man. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Serving the Lord daily. Don't just say, well, I'm going to church with my dad. Let me tell you the truth. Sometimes, you know, I, you know, we do Sunday school with Brother Peter. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I used to think, you know, we, we we should take it easy with young people. But I'll be very honest with you. The devil does not take it easy with them. So we cannot just say, well, and I'll be honest with you, there's no heaven for young people, there's no heaven for old people. There's only one heaven. In fact, in the Bible, there's no section for the young people and there's no section for the old people. There's only one Bible and everybody's supposed to talk the lie. Because we can, give, we can make it so easy for them and say, hey, they're just young. But you, you hear what they're going through. You hear where the devil takes them. Then you find out, you know what, we're not going to wait we just have to as well give it to them right away. Yeah. You know? The devil is not going to say, well, I'm, I'm going to you know, tempt him with cigarettes when, he's, when he gets to 25. No. He's just going to start as soon as he can start. So as the ministers of the gospel, we are also going to start as soon as we start. Yeah. Hallelujah! Amen. Praise be to God. So, so, we, that, so that's, that, that's the approach that we take. We, we have to give you the full word of God. And I will be very honest with you, the devil is not going to use you when you are old. He's going to use when you are young. If you find the people that are shaking the world right now, 
whether it's in secular music or in sports, it's just young people. When you get old, you are retired. You know, they can't sign you. They say, hey, you had a good career. Thank you so much. So the devil wants to use you when you have strength. God also wants to use you when you have strength. That's why John says, I write unto you, young man, because you are strong. An old man has got wisdom, but a young man has strength. But strength without wisdom is very dangerous. It's like having a car with, you know, 2,000 horsepower, but no brakes. You know, so you need to have wisdom. And when you come to church, when we preach the gospel to you, it gives you wisdom. It stabilizes you. That's why sometimes when you see me preaching, going up and down, because I'm a young man. Young men have got strength. And sometimes, you know, the zeal can overtake them. But you need, I remember, you know, coming to the message. I first had my first, uh, I preached my first sermon, I think I was in high school. I went to an Episcopalian school. So they said, hey, um, you want to come and preach for us? You know, you seem to be uh, doing scripture and union and things like that. I said, okay, that's fine. So because it's a denomination, they gave me scriptures. They said, actually, we have a calendar for the whole year. So <laughs> these are the scriptures that you have to use. So I said, Lord, you know what? I, maybe there's a seed of God somewhere there. I'm a message believer, but I'm going to preach to them. So I preached my first sermon in high school. And from there, I just went on serving the Lord, going to the field. I didn't say, well, I'm going to wait until I get old. No. Don't wait until you are, your candle is half gone. Serve the Lord right now. Come here, sing specials. Hallelujah. Although I don't appreciate that, you know, when people get married, they stop singing specials. <laughs> but when they are young, they sing a lot of specials. As soon as they get married, they stop. <laughs> I don't mean you, you know, I was just, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's continue reading here. Uh, what is in abstract? I think we, we, we had this one. So we, if you open, if you want to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 9, the Bible says, so this is, this is talking about Jeremiah when he bought the field. Uh, you know, it was when Jerusalem had been sieged. You know this story. So Jeremiah, so, so his, the, his uncle's son, uh, uh, Hanamiel, which means God is gracious. You know, all the names in the Bible, they are inspired. We don't have time to talk about them, you know. We could talk about Methuselah and Enoch and so on, but we don't have time. And, and, I, and he, he said, I bought a field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son. So, so remember, for, in Israel, there was a law that you could not sell the land forever. Because God wanted to make sure that each tribe maintains their, their inheritance so if you go into bankruptcy, right, and you want to sell your, your land, which you are not supposed to, but you could sell it temporarily, you, can, you could only sell it to your relative, to your near kinsman, to your near kinsman. You know the, you know the principles, right? So, so the, the near kinsman, the Hebrew word is, is goel, which means that somebody who is your relative. So this guy was, was Jeremiah's uncle's son. So Jerusalem was sieged. He was not supposed to sell it, but anyway, he wanted to do it. So he came and he said, hey, hey, um, uh, 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 Jeremiah, my niece or my uncle, whatever, can, can, I say, can I sell my piece of land to you? You are my near kinsman. And Jeremiah, because God has spoken to him, he bought this piece of land. And the Bible says, and he weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And, and I, I, I subscribe, in other words, he wrote, he sub, I subscribed the evidence and sealed it. And took two witnesses and weighed him the money in the balance. Right? And the Bible says, um, 
So I took the evidence of the purchase. So this is how they used to seal the, 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 the deed, like the agreement, right? So they would put this sticker. It would be a personalized seal. So this is just for illustration purpose. It would be like, you know, Jeremiah's seal. Everybody would know this is specifically for the McCarthy family or the Coffee family. So they actually had a seal. These days we just use a signature, but they had a seal. So I took the evidence of the purchase, both. So the evidence of the purchase is the two agreement. So Jeremiah is saying, I took both of them, which were sealed according to the law and custom. So according to the law, it was supposed to be sealed. And that which was open. So there was one which was open and one which was sealed. And the one which was open, you know, it was for people to be able to read and say, okay, so this is what happened. This, this piece of property was bought by Brother Aaron from, from Brother John, right? But the problem with that is that if it's open, we can, we can say, hey, you, 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 you know, maybe you falsified the document. Maybe you added something from that document. Maybe you took out something. So you would have something which is sealed and which is open. So if we want to verify the one which is open to make sure that it's, the, the details are correct, we would have to break the one which is sealed, right? So if we break the one which is sealed and it says the same thing with the one which is open, then we know that for sure brother Aaron brought a piece of land from brother John. But then if it's just open, anyone can alter it. Anyone can Photoshop, anyone can, can do it. So there is one copy which is sealed. Hallelujah. So you've got an open book and a sealed book. You need both, both of them. Because if you go on the field with an open book with a step and say, Brother Bram said we should baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Someone will say, who is Brother Bram? So we go back to the sealed book. Okay, let's read the Bible. Okay, the Bible says you shall baptize in the name of the Father. In the book of Acts, the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So the issue is settled. The open book and the closed book, everything is saying the same thing. The message and the Bible is the same thing. There is no contradiction between the message and the Bible because God cannot send a man who contradicts his will. Things don't work like that. If you are an ambassador of America, what you say, you are saying on behalf of the government. The government cannot say one thing and you are the the secretary of state, you are saying the other thing. The government has to stand behind what the secretary of state says. Hallelujah. So when God sends a man... He, he breaks that man, whatever he's saying, he breaks him up. So what that man says, if he's coming from God, and what God wants is exactly the same thing. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah took these things, and he says, and verse 12, And I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch, the son of Neria, the son of Messiah, in the sight of Hanamel, mine uncle's son. And in the presence of the witnesses that sub- subscribe to the book of the purchase, before all the Jews, and that sat in the court of the prison. Because remember, Jeremiah was in prison. The reason why Jeremiah was in prison is because he was telling the Jews, you are going to be besieged. You are going into captivity. And what, and what did they say? They said, you know what? We don't like your gospel. We're going to put you in prison. In other words, they labeled him a cult. They say, this man, he claims to be, you know, a prophet. He claims to have the message of the hour. We're going to put him in prison. So this day, they don't put, put you in a natural prison. They put you in a spiritual prison. They just give you a tag. These are Branamites. These are, this is a cult. And then they put it in prison. But whilst Jeremiah was in prison, 
Babylonians were surrounding the city. And I will be very honest with you, whether they, they say it's the truth or it's not the truth, whatever I say is coming to pass. Hallelujah. The rapture is going to come anyhow. The tribulation is going to come anyhow. Whether you believe it or not, it does not stop the program of God. Unbelief does not hinder God. It destroys the unbeliever. If the weather channel tomorrow says it's going to snow, and I say, you know what, I don't believe it. I'll just freeze to death. You know? So that's pretty much, you know, this generation. We don't believe what William Branham said, but he was a prophet of God. And if he was a prophet of God, God is going to stand with what he said. Praise the Lord. So, so they came to the prison of Jeremiah. He, this man was in prison for, for telling the truth. And I charged Baruch before them saying, uh, that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these evidences. This evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and the, and the, and the evidence which is open and put them in an earthen vessel. Bible students, how many knows who, what the earthen vessel is? That's Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the Bible says, Paul says, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels. In the book of Corinthians, we are holding the Holy Ghost in earthen vessels. So, so what they used to do, if they want to keep something, they put it like in a, in a, you know, in a clay pot. You know, in Africa, I know, because I know there are some villages which are still making clay pots. And I know that if you put something there, you put it on the ground, because you know, it's made of clay, it can, stand for, it can stay for you know, hundreds, of, hundreds of years. So, so, so they put the evidence in an earthen vessel so that if Jerusalem is besieged and they go into captivity and they come back after 70 years and then Jeremiah's son or Jeremiah or his son's son say, hey, this is, our, this is our field. They can go back and break the earthen vessel and be able to read and to see which, who, who, whose land it is. So this is why Jesus Christ has to come at the end of the age to break the seals after captivity, after 70 years of captivity. We can go back to Jeremiah's vessel and open up and see, okay, so this land was bought from Hananiel. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah is saying, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in the land. So when they come back to possess, we can trace the abstract of this piece of land. Jesus comes at the end of the seven church ages and he takes the book and he breaks the seals and he reveals to us who we are. He reveals to us where we are coming from. He reveals to us where we are going. He reveals to us what happened in the church ages. He reveals to us what happened in the time of Irenaeus. What happened in the time of Columba? When those saints were confused. They just believed that they were confused. They didn't know what is happening. They were getting killed. Things didn't make sense. But he comes at the end of exile and he, he opens the seals. And he claims his inheritance. And this is a very, very big subject. I'm not going to get into many details. But claiming redemption is as good as uh, is the death on the cross. They, what's the point of dying for something if you're not able to claim it? What is the point of paying for something if you're not able to collect it? So Jesus Christ died on the cross. Anyone can claim that. But those that he purchased, he comes and claims them at the end of the age. Amen. 
You can even read from, I was reading the other time from, you know, Charles Spurgeon. He talks about redemption claims. And he says, redemption claims is, 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 is much powerful as the cross. So all the men of God, they, they consist us to know that when the Lamb comes to take his possession, amen, that's very, very important. And you as a Christian, when the seals are open, when the Bible is open, you are able to see your name in the book. You are able to see yourself where you are coming from, where you are going. Hallelujah. And you are able to identify yourself to say, by the way, I am not the son of Charles and Ila Branham. I am a son of God. Hallelujah. Brother Branham could have been a drunk because his father was Irish and he could drink. I'm not saying that every Irish drinks, no. But I'm saying that, you know, because it was in his genes, right? But he did not trust himself to the Branham family. He trusted himself to Jesus Christ. He could have said, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? This is what my family does. He's dead, you know, broke the law, killed somebody. You know, in Africa, there's a belief of what they call avenging spirits. Like if you kill someone, then you're going to be cursed. Your family is going to have problems. But Brother Branham said, you know what, my dad was, you know, was, he was a drunkard. You know, he, the Branhams, you know, they had a very bad name. But he said, but I received Jesus Christ. And he was able to dress himself back to Jesus Christ. And so are you tonight. You say, I've got diabetes. My grandmother had it. My father had it. It doesn't have to be like that. You can put a stop to it. Because I will tell you the truth. Some of the habits that you have, you can say they come from the, my, grand, my, my dad. They come from my grandfather. How did they start? Your, dad sta- your grandfather started those habits. And they went to your, to your father and now they are on you. But you can also start good habits that can also go to your children and that can go to your children's children. Because remember Abraham, he came from the Ur of the Chaldeans and he, he did not identify with, with his, 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 the Bible says, come out of your father's house, follow me, and you begin to walk with God. You don't have to be subject to the influence of where you were born. You have to be subject to the Bible. You have to be subject to Jesus Christ. You say, oh, brother, my star is, 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 is aquarium. So I've got, you know, tantrums. I've got extremes. No. You were born under the star, the seventh star. The seventh, the seventh star. You were born under the star that the wise men saw in the east. And they went to the west. And they say, we saw the star in the east. And that's the star that must have an influence in your life. I'm not saying that you, you, you deny your natural state. Obviously, there is a natural part of you that God predestinated. Like, God made me a black man. I'm happy about it. You know, we wanted to have a, an African Christian believer. He, so I'm happy, you know. But the spiritual aspect of it, you, you, it if, if, if it's contrary to the promises of God, you can say, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to put up with this. Amen. If your grandfather divorced, your father divorced, and you say, ah, probably I'm going to divorce, you're going to have problems. You must say, devil, I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to have a good family. I'm going to raise my children well. Amen. Hallelujah. Refuse to accept what the devil t- tells you. Don't trace, you know, don't go to the, to the records. Go to them. I don't know what, what you call them here in America. The, the records and say, go to the biblical records. 
and you say, hey, there was, there was, there was, there was Paul, there was Irenaeus, and this is how the light was moving. And then there was John Wesley, and then there was William Branham, and then there was me. Hallelujah. You trust yourself back to God. Genesis chapter 23, the Bible says, And Abraham bowed himself before the people of the land. And he spake unto Ephron in the, in the audience of the, of the people of the land, saying, But if thou would give it, I pray thee, hear me, I will give thee money for the field. Take it of me, and I will bury my dead there. So Abraham bought a field in the field of Machpelah, which was near a place called Mamre, you know, for those who read the Bible. So he wanted all his people to be buried in Mamre. So when Joseph was in Egypt, he said, God is going to deliver you. Don't let me be buried here. Take me back, and I want to be buried to the land of my fathers. And all the patriarchs were buried in the same place. And you as a Christian, you, you must be buried in the name of Jesus Christ. You must be buried in the weight of your days. You must be buried in the Bible. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, if you die, the Bible says that he was gathered with his people. How many knows that? And in the New Testament, does God change? You will still be gathered to the same people. If you believe the message of Elijah, you'll be gathered with Elijah. Remember Brother Collins, he went to Brother Branham and says, my dad, my dad can't seem to believe the message. Because, you know, Brother Collins was a Methodist preacher. I think his dad probably was, you know, an old timer from the Methodist church. And the prophet says, don't worry about your dad. He's going to come up with that group. In other words, he will be sealed with John Wesley's group. So everyone is gathered to his own people. If you follow someone from the internet, I don't know where he's going to be gathering yet after, after he dies. But I want to believe the Bible and the prophet so that when I die, I'll be gathered with the people of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. So you identify yourself in the word. So the patriarchs, they said, you know what? We may, things may be going on well here in Egypt, but hey, if I die, take my bones back to, to Mamre. I want to be gathered with my people. That's where my identity is. That's where who I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And Ephraim answered, I'm going to skip this because our time is running out. Normally I like to preach short because, you know, if you're not the pastor, you need to make sure that you preach short and then you go. And then people would want you to come back. <laughs> and there, was, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? We, I can trust Jesus, I can trust Paul, but who are you? And they were not able to trust themselves to, to the Bible. What did, what, what did they say to John? They said, who are you? And John trusted himself to the Bible. And he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. When, when things got hard for Brother Bana, many times in the prayer line, you say, Lord, because of the commission that was given to me by an angel, he would put the commission right in the prayer line. Because he knew that that commission came from God. So there is power in identity. That's why Paul would say, fear not brethren, the angel of the Lord who, who stood with me tonight. Said, it's going to be alright. No soul is going to be lost. Just abide in the boat. Praise be to God. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 to 14. This is the bridge when, when the Lamb of God takes from the throne and he takes the book to, to open the seals. And John, he rejoiced because the Bible says, what the prophet says, if 
Jesus Christ had not opened the seals to claim his, all creation would have been lost. Praise be to God. Let's continue reading here. I don't have, my time is running out. And I beheld a voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth under the earth such as I in there, the sea and had I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sit upon the throne and unto the lamp of God. That's why we sang the song, the lamp of God. Then Jesus said unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent, that sent us? The, the, the Pharisees, sorry. What says thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, making straight way of the Lord, as says the prophet Isaiah. Let's read the prophet here. God's provided place of worship. The prophet says, When God sends down the abstract, right? It shows that no matter what your father, no matter what your father did, are you reading with me? Let's read this together. No matter what your father did, your mother did, what anybody else did, your mother, daddy might have been drunkards, prostitutes, whatever it, it was, every sin is stricken off. You have got an abstract title. There is nothing can put you off of it. And look, everything that's on the ground belongs to you. Praise be to God. Amen. When, when, you are, when you are in Christ Jesus by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every gift of God belongs, to, belongs, belongs in the church. Amen. It's an abstract title deed. You, it's yours. It belongs to you. It quickens your moral bodies. Oh my, if we could think of it. No matter what your pop did, no matter what your mom did, no matter what anybody did, you have the abstract when you receive the Holy Ghost. Everyone has got a chance. Remember in the book of of Ezekiel, uh, they had a parable. They said, hey, our our fathers ate sour grapes and, you know, the children's teeth are set on edge. How many knows that? Because what they mean was that our our fathers disobeyed God. But now we are in exile because of what our fathers did. You know, so the children were complaining and, 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 and God spoke to the prophet and says, I, can, I hear your parable. I hear what you are saying. And, and God said, thus says the Lord, the soul that sinneth, that shall die. And said, there is no son that shall suffer for the sins of his father. And he says, if you repent, God will not hold you accountable for the sin of your fathers. How many knows that? So, and, this, and God says, I don't ever want to hear this parable again. So, in other words, God does not want to hear that parable. To say, my father did this, so I'm, I'm like this. You know, my father, my, my grandfather was a man of temper. So, sometimes, you know, I always have temper. You, God doesn't want to hear that parable. God wants you to sing another new song. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was a drunkard, but now I'm saved. Hallelujah. God wants you to sing a new song. And every exodus, God gives a new song. In the night season, God gives a song. He leads his dear children along. That's why if you read Revelation, the Bible says, and they sing a new song. It's because you cannot continue the the same old broken song. You have to have a new chapter. You have to have your own life. 
can't say my dad was asthmatic. You have got a chance to say, Lord, help me. When people would come on the prayer line, Brother Bonham ever said, okay, I see you have got asthma because of your dad. No, he'd say, just say, Satan, get away. That's it. That's it. God is not interested with your explanations. You know, we are people, we, we normally we love to have closure and, you know, we want to have understanding. But sometimes it's a trap for us. You know that? You, know, you wonder why people, you know, uh, believe conspiracy theories. It's because doctors say people want answers. And even if the answer doesn't make sense, but they want some form of answer, there has to be an answer. I think, you know, it must be aliens, you know. <laughs> Because people want answers, but the answer is in the Bible. Hallelujah. Some will say, well, there's, there's a tornado, so maybe it's because of aliens that are invading. <laughs> and Brother Bram says, don't fear these things. One of these, things, one of these days, they're going to come and pick you up. You know? And, you know, NASA will say the speed at which these things are object, they are moving, it's extraterrestrial. But they cannot say it's spiritual. Because in the scientific world, you're not supposed to say that. You can't say God. They'll be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We are scientists. We don't believe in those things. So they just say it's extraterrestrial. But they are just short of saying it's spiritual. But we know that those things are what? Are spiritual. <laughs> Praise be to God. Faith, the faith of Abraham. Let the devil say, oh, don't you do it, don't you do it. That's the old nasty porter at the door. Don't you believe in that. Walk right on, it's yours. You got a pass. You got an abstract deed of, on the place. If sickness dwells in there, you got an abstract deed. If you went home tonight, and, and, and what if there's an enemy sitting in your house? And the enemy said, now wait a minute. This house is, is built for human beings. It's mine, just as, as much as it is yours. I'm as much human as you are. You walk right down to the courts and get your abstract deed and show him, this is my property. It belongs to you. This is my child, devil. Get away from my child. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that by faith, mothers received their children raised from the dead. They quenched the violence of the the fire. You know, it was through faith. They refused to let their children be taken by the world. You stand, the prophet says, the same faith that you apply for yourself is the same faith that you apply for your children. Hallelujah. That's what the prophet says. Um, what, does an, what does an abstract mean? It, it means it's seized all the way back to its beginning. Like that title, like the little drop of ink this morning. When it struck the bleach, it went all the way back. That's what, this is what the prophet explaining what we were talking about. Now remember this. Christ is the, in, in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. But the book of Revelation shows how much the Antichrist spirit would come in the last day, days and defile it. Making it look warm, formal, and powerless, it exposes Satan revealing his works, uh, attempted destruction of God's people, and the discrediting of God's word. Right down to the time he is cast from the local fire, he fights that. He cannot stand it. He knows that if the, God, if the people get that true revelation of the true church, and what she is, what she stands for, and what she can do, the greater works, she will be an invisible army. If they, they get a true revelation of the true spirits working within the framework of the Christian church, and by God's spirit discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. Amen. As the musician are coming, 
if you will get the revelation of who you are, of how these two spirits work in the framework of the church, then we become an invisible army. Now, the invisible army is not an army of people that are, you know, biting their nails during song service. It's not an army of people that are, you know, uh, press, you know looking at their phones during service when they are streaming. It's not a people that, you know, are saying, should I go to church or should I go to McDonald's or, you know. The invisible army is not that. The invisible army has to have the breath of life. Remember Ezekiel when he was in the Valley of Dry Bones. There were four things. There were you know, the tendons, the sinews, the skin, and the flesh. And the last thing that came was what? The breath of life. And Brother Branham says that's the rapture. Justification, sanctification, you know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the restoration of gifts. And the, the last thing that comes is the breath of life. And he says, son of man, prophesy that the breath of life might come to this army. You know, it was standing there, the flesh, the skin, everything was there. But the son of man had to bring the breath of life. Because without the breath of life, there is no life. Remember Jesus Christ, when he raised from the dead, he, he came among the disciples. And the Bible says he breathed upon them. And he says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whatsoever sin you shall remit, it shall be remitted. The same Jesus Christ who, who made Adam and he breathed upon him the breath of life. And he became a living soul. So if God tonight would come and breathe upon us, then would be an invisible army. We can have the skin, we can have the tendons, we can have all, everything in place. But unless he comes in our midst and breathes that breath of life, then we will never be able to overcome anything. But you are victorious tonight because your name is written in the book of life. You are victorious tonight because you have received the word of your day. You are victorious tonight because you are the bride of Jesus Christ. Remember Paul saying that, you know, uh, let me read the scripture here. I beseech you, dear, and I beseech uh, this one, uh, Sintiki, that they may be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also through your fellow. Help those women which labor with me in the gospel. With Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are written in the book of life. Hallelujah. So, so Paul was able to look at this congregation and say these people's names are in the book of life. No wonder why the prophet would come on at the tabernacle and say I saw many of you there. Because your theophanies are in heaven. Because Paul says, Jesus Christ said, he says, their angels in heaven look behold the face of my father. And the prophet says, he was talking about your theophany. And he says, these extraterrestrial beings, which they call aliens, one day they're going to come and pick you up. One day you're going to find that it's your theophany. Hallelujah. You are identified in God. The woman at the well, she was a prostitute. But she denied, she had a representation in heaven. She had a theophany in heaven waiting. When the word of God came to her, she dropped the water pot and she ran straight and said, come see a man who taught me everything. And what happened in Chicago? Brother Branham was preaching, come see a man. And there was a woman in the same condition. Her name was Rosella Griffin. And, 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 she, and Rosella Griffin was, was healed. She met Jesus. And what did Rosella Griffin do? She went about telling people, come see a man. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What did Jesus Christ say to, to Andrew? Was it Andrew? He said, uh, 
I, before Philip called you, I knew you. I saw you when you were kneeling before under the tree. Before Philip the evangelist called you, before that brother testified to you, Jesus Christ knew you. Before you came to church, God saw you when you were kneeling upon the bed. He saw you pray. Do you want prayer tonight? Feel free to come. The fountain is open. Brother, you can sing a soft song. We can stand upon our feet. If, if you want God to help you to be more sincere, this is my burden tonight. If we can be more sincere, I have no doubt the Holy Ghost is, is, is around. You don't have to wait for the next camp meeting if you're a young person. You don't have to wait for an evangelist to come from a certain country. You can receive the Holy Ghost right in the church. If you are sincere, if you are prayed up, God is able to meet you there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord Jesus Christ, tonight. We thank you, Father, for the abstract title, Did. We thank you, Father, for the cross of Calvary. We thank you for Christmas. We pray that you, you give us a revelation, oh God, to know who we are. Like the prodigal son, whom the Bible says that he came to his mind and he said, But in my father's house, I could eat better than this. The animals, they eat better than this. He came to his mind. The amnesia was gone. And Father, we know that the devil comes to bring ignorance for us to forget the promises of God. But you came to Gideon and said, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with thee. And he says, if the Lord is be with us, where are his miracles? If God is with us, where am I facing these problems? Why are my children not coming to church? If God is with me, where, where, where are these problems coming from? But you say to Gideon, I shall be with you. And tonight, Father, you are telling us, oh God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. As you were with Gideon, you are with us tonight. Bless our congregation, oh God, the hands that have been raised. You see them. Those that have got knees, those that are backsliding, those, Father, that are becoming lukewarm. Father, we are praying, Lord, that you may bring back the fire in their hearts, that they may be fervent again. Oh God, help us to fight the spirit of the age, lukewarmness. We want to be a bride that is on fire for Jesus Christ. We want to love you more. We want to love you with our hearts. We want to love you with our minds. We want to love you with every breath that is within ourselves. We want to sing with all our hearts. Father, we want to preach with all our hearts. We want to serve you more and more as we are coming out of 2021 and getting into 2022. Father, we are dedicating ourselves again. That, Father, we may serve you more in the field, oh God, in whichever way, whichever capacity. We want to be lights that can show people that Jesus Christ is still living and is still the same. Grant it, Father. We ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you.
Stains were made there just. 
Just sing it as you're dismissed this evening. And I claim.